0: Blog Talk Radio I'm going to a city that's set on a hill Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there
1: Hello everybody, God bless you today This is Susan Puzio And I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio And we're also heard on the Rapture Ready Radio Network Which is the network of our sister Jackie Alnor, And she'll be with us next week And uh, we're going to talk about the Vatican What's going on over there? going on at the Vatican. Well, anyway, we're going to talk about it. And don't forget my book, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? How False Teachers Manipulate and Hypnotize You for Offerings, and they do. They do. And that's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and there's, there's quite a few of the bookshops that have it, our website, Prophetic News, and our YouTube channel. It's under my name, Susan Puzio, so don't forget to check that out. And we're living in some troubling times right now, very, very troubling. And I say this to my friends and to my listeners, and I say, well, we always heard about the end times when we first got saved, we would hear about the end times and we would think, wow, that, that's going to be far off in our life. But it seems like we're right in the middle of it. And anyway, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's bring on our guest. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Susan. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. Okay doing okay. Glad to have you back on.
2: Yes, it's good to be on today. Yeah, It's been, it's <laughs> yeah, been a long and, time. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I know. And uh, of course, Brenda, she's a great guest. She's one of my favorite guests, really, because she's she has such a wealth of information for the body of Christ. And we've done some great programs in the past on the Muslim Brotherhood and Muslims, Jehovah Witnesses, and and uh, but today we're going to talk about the emergent church. And probably some of you out there, you've heard about the emergent church. Maybe you don't really understand what it is, and you don't really understand some of the leaders, or maybe you don't even know who the leaders are. But I guess they probably. Don't like labels. Uh, they don't like to be labeled for being false prophets and false teachers. They probably don't like that. But Brenda, give the people a an idea of uh, what is the emergent church.
2: Well, actually, the emerging church and emergent church are one and one and the same. Um, it became popular. In 1997 With a book by Dan Kimball The Emerging Church And he set forth a methodology As well as uh, Well his was more of a methodology But he did introduce Some theological issues Um, He did not formulate The theological um, Ideas But he did uh, the methodology He He uh, it was between 1997 and ni- in 2001 that this was starting to become popular. But he termed the emerging church and the emergent church as uh, the in- interchangeable, the same. Um, people use the term emergent sometimes and emerging for for other times. But he actually. Uh, Define them pretty well. Um, the term emerging church was mainly used uh, at a time uh, when most most part for the average church leader who began adopting um, this term to describe churches focusing on ministry methodology for emerging generations. And what was different um, in this is that it was different than the boomer church. The seeker church and traditional churches, so they were trying to find a word that uh, would bring forth this new methodology in what is considered postmodernism. What postmodernism is an emerging and developing worldview and culture that was pers- that's pursuing beyond mod- modernity, which you know was modernism before that. In this teaching, there is no single universal worldview. Therefore, truth is not absolute, and many of the qualities embraced by modernism no longer held any value or influence uh, that it once did. Still be defined as we like since it's still forming and developing. Now, emergent had to do with um, theology uh mergent uh had had to do with the beliefs and doctrine rather than methodology. So this is what Dan Kimball said in his Emerging Church book, and I wanted to quote him. He said, because the words were so similar, emerging and emergent, through time they sort of became interchangeably used rather than two distinct terms as they were originally because emergent was part of the growing emerging church discussion. It sort of became confusing knowing what was emerging and what was emergent, what was the same and what was different. Now, as these terms emerging and emergent began being more and more known, the confusion, of course, was natural because there's similarity. Some people also started thinking emerging church over or even emergent church was a style of ministry. He said, I still hear people today saying we have an emergent church worship and all they are talking about is the style of worship, gathering, to catering to young people, emergent as an organization. Um, so these terms were, so he, he said these things, but these were terms that were interchangeable. So some people say the emerging church is okay and some people say uh, that it's the emergent that is the problem. However, like Dan Kimball in this groundbreaking book said is that they just became the same. Uh, One had one, um, one was used to develop the methodology emerging and one was used for the emergent theological and belief. So, so, um, but the the methodology of the emergent church um claims to reach out to people in this post modern w- world shift but it would contend that the movement has become part of the shift instead of reaching out so so i would contend here that it would it, it's be became part of the became part of the movement instead of reaching out to those in it
1: so so <clears throat> So oh, it's a kind this, of like a new age. It's kind of like a new age church, right?
2: <laughs> Kinda. Well, it's <laughs> it's actually it's that you know how years ago that we used to have arguments about getting keeping the the new age church out of the church. Yeah. Um, that we would never let new age come into the church well the emerging church is that new age coming into the church yeah. in a in different format in a different in different um, attraction reaching out to a lot of young people uh, actually being um taught in universities a lot of universities and just as the sixties went after the young people of the Disenfranchised hippie movement, so does the emergent church today yeah so so some of you know one of the methodologies that they had is that there is no single universal worldview um, which is antithetical to scriptures I mean they claim uh, the scriptures claim that there is but one God and hope. You know, it is only found in the Bible, but they don't believe that. They believe that hope can be found in a variety of places and that truth can be found in any religion. Oh. Uh, so, hmm. Jesus uh, is exclusive, but the emerging church is not exclusive. They actually uh, engage, you know, Hinduism. I mean, we want to. Engage these false religions, however, how they engage it is they engage um, the religion of Hinduism, and they go to their they participate in whatever they're doing, and then they come back and decide if how they can you know interpret the scriptures according to what they heard from Hinduism. Maybe there, there's something in Hinduism I can pull into the church. Into my own belief Maybe there's something in Islam Hmm. Kind of looking for common ground Um, Anyone who speaks of Jesus has common ground So that would include anyone uh, That is willing to be inclusive with you Which Islam looks like it would be inclusive with you Until you reject Islam so once you reject Islam, and their whole idea is proselytism, um, I call them the Borg because, in those who watch Star Trek, the Borg are those entities that um, are enemies of the of the universe, and they come to whatever that um, universal body that is agreeing with each other and want to find truth within. Each entity, and they come along and they swallow up these entities and make them be yeah. part of them. So that's what—that's
1: a good way. So that's
2: what I, yeah. that's <laughs> so <it>. that's what <laughs> I see as them, Islam is—is is the Borg, but they're—they're—they're they're, they're trying to appear like they're universal acceptance. You know, they accept everybody, but they don't. They're—they're—they're they're, they're the enemy of this the universal state, which an emerging church actually tries to emulate. So they go into Islam and they say, Hey, we agree with you. We wanna we want to accept you. They say that with Hinduism, we want to accept you. What can you give to us? How can you add to our own faith? Hmm. However, they don't know the danger of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. Very dangerous. So what is the, um, as far as the movement taking off? Because it really did take off.
2: Yes, and it did take off. It actually is, um, we see it in a different form today. We don't see it as it was in 2000 and 1997 and in 2001 area. kind of interesting that you had me do this show because I hadn't um, really uh, looked into how it's morphed itself today in a few years. Um, Between the years 2010 and 2014, when I had my radio radio show as a day approaches, I did at least 15 shows on the Emerging emerging Church. Yeah, I did. And so I, I went back to some of my notes. I also tried to find out how is it looking today what is going on with it today some of the ones that that um i studied before are still vibrant and moving but um there are there are arguments today that that is actually kind of um going in the background kind of falling away you know um however we can see it in our political climate here in the united states um because what the emerging church really truly is is actually liberal theology that yeah. has that is um taken off, you know, with social justice. Yeah. You hear these social justice warriors and all the things that are happening and uh, we can see it in the division of the political scene today of the liberal side and the socialism side, Marxism, to those of us who are, you know, wanting to have the conservative Christian type thing, not not necessarily promoting one one over the other. However, we see that the emerging church has uh, formulated itself to look as though it is a Christian movement when it's really Marxism and socialism and liberal theology that's exactly what that is, yeah that's and, yeah, yeah, and that's we used really to we used to throw those off, <laughs> you yeah, know, we used to you know have great arguments for them and against them,
1: well, here in Florida, we have a socialist running for governor, which is very frightening because we Florida is is a great place to live. The taxes are very low. Property taxes are very low. And of course, there's no state income tax. And people get a homestead exemption here if they own a home. Yeah, I know. I, I,
2: I participated in that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's terrific. So my idea with this whole thing, where, where did this guy come from? He comes out of nowhere. Uh, a socialist running for governor? of the state of Florida, but I think they're, I think they're trying to move into some of these states like Florida and make them into California where you have high property taxes and you have sanctuary cities and you, and you have whatever, but that's, and it, it happens so fast. It just happens right. so fast. So uh, of course, well, yeah, the, the church, the, we didn't buy into we didn't buy into socialism or Marxism, no. But like you say, this movement does.
2: And this movement has been getting into some of the more conservative ch- churches. For one is uh is the David Platt for the Southern Baptists. You know, he was get he was promoting I'm I'm think I'm thinking he dumbed himself you know, he dumbed down his message a little bit, but um, he wrote a book, Radical, and and he was from pr- using the word emerging, and and um he's part of the emerging church, and he was promoting some of the socialistic ideologies of the emerging church and bringing it into the Baptist church and making it appealing to uh, the Baptist church, which is. Pretty fundamental, uh, you know, biblical, biblically sound. It was. Some of it
1: was. It was. Right. Not right.
2: Right. Yeah. So what? And so that's why you know these get in and they start, um, you know, watering down what the scriptures yeah. say. And so it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, they really do
1: water it down. Yeah.
2: Yes, and not only water it down, because that's not even, that's not even a very good description of it. They actually radically change definitions of what the scripture actually meant. Uh, for example, uh, Jesus, it's no longer about Jesus, his, um, who he was. It's about his message uh so it wasn't a, it's not about who is Jesus which what what is the primary message of Jesus is who do you say I am you know and the the emerging church says what did he teach doesn't matter if everything in the scriptures is true or not doesn't matter if it's exact or not it doesn't matter if he really existed or not this particular entity or this person actually t- t- taught this, these principles that we need to live by and be and emulate, which then they define what those principles that he taught were instead of saying who he was and why he said, you know, what he did and what happened to him. So it changes the message they think that Jesus was a you know started a movement of transforming government and the reason why he was crucified according to some emerging ter- church leaders is because he spoke against the government so they got rid of him or the elite and so that's why they got rid of Jesus and that's why he was crucified. Uh, and it takes away the fundamental message that Jesus died for sin instead of saying something he shouldn't have or not shouldn't have but said something yeah. that made somebody mad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it takes away from it takes away from the whole basis of uh, the fact that Jesus knew he was going to die. He came to die so nobody killed him. So they ju- they make things up.
2: Well, and one, one of the leaders actually talks about that Jesus, Rob Bell, for example, he says that, you know, Jesus, there is no child sacrifice, <laughs> you know. And so they think that the crucifixion of Jesus, God sending his one and only son, is a child sacrifice, a human sacrifice.
1: <sighs> so...
2: Yes, they do. They think that, and so, so in that particular worldview, they say God would never endorse, you know, sacrificing your children, so or being that violent to a person, even his own son. (sighs) Rob Bell also says that the scriptures is a human project. Rather than a product of divine fiat, which means creative, fiat means creative command of God. So, in other words, the Scriptures is a human project and not uh, a creative command of God. So, God did not create the Scriptures. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so, and he is an obvious one that we can all, you know, point out that he has a lot of issues. The interesting thing about reading his material, and that's one thing that I do in all of my studies, is I read their material. I don't read material that tells me about them. I read yeah. their material themselves. Yeah. So one thing with him, which is really common with a lot of false teachers and false messages, is that one line will sound really, you know, you be, I'll be reading a paragraph and my husband is so funny because he goes, I don't know how you can endure reading all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because I would say one one sentence would be really, really good, like, ah, that's a epiphany moment. And the next sentence would be really, really bad, really wrong. No, that is yeah. not.
1: But that that's would the interchange. Hook. That's the hook. Yeah.
2: Right. And that would go throughout and, and it was amazing because that goes throughout the whole paragraph back and forth of those things that were, hey, that's great. No, that's horrible. That's great. That's horrible. So how can somebody tell the difference between what is truth and error and when they just figure out, oh, he said some really great things. Well, OK, you said some great things in the context of this and it can't it, you can't have both together. Um and still yeah, call but that's it a big,
1: That's a big phrase that people use. Many people say that, oh, but he said some really good things. But yeah, then he said, yeah, it's mixed with poison. The sweet candy is mixed with poison. Right,
2: right. And then people are attracted to it. And then they yeah. say, how can that be wrong? And and if they have the idea that the Bible is not something created by God, but created by man, then there can be error. And there yeah. is no absolute. They, they can emphasize there are no absolutes. You can find truth in other documents. You can find truth uh, <clears throat> in... The way that you want to perceive it, um, yeah <laughs> so it's 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 about perception, and in our country or our you know western thought, and I'm speaking specifically in the United States because i am not I am not British, I'm not from the other parts of the West, but from our perspective in the West, we have um, been been inundated with a lot of Redefinition. We are the most, we are the most blessed country to have the scriptures, but very rarely do people actually read them.
1: Yeah, to know. that's very true.
2: And so then now we're being attacked, and we are being attacked from all sides. Uh, we are being attacked with, you know, our fundamentals are being attacked, and that would be the scriptures. Original sin, uh, original original sin, where you know we actually are are born with sin. That's being attacked. Hell is being attacked.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Jesus, uh, who he is, is divine. There's so many different um, perceptions on who he is. Is he is God, Jehovah, Jesus, or is God Jehovah is Jesus the Trinity the whole idea of the Trinity you have some people that believe that in manifestations you know that the Trinity is yeah. a manifestation um, uh-huh. which has been refuted many times no he's not a manifestation you have uh, people that believe that he's he's somehow you know three and one three and one meaning He's one, but then somehow three. He's three persons within the Trinity. So you take away the person part, and you would yeah. say he's three different. You know, he's three personalities yeah. instead of distinct personalities. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: <clears throat> in our church, this um, this section we were we just started to um, study not the the church, but the Sunday school that I'm going to started. Um, studying the names of God and so because of a lot lot of the arguments and debates that I've been in uh, recently um, I said hey so if we're going to study the names of God let's study the names of Jesus, let's study the names of the Holy Spirit and let's study what the names of God are not because this is a huge Thing today of people saying Jesus is you know a pagan name For Zeus you know there's So many things that are going on With the, that the enemy is Attacking our fundamentals In the emerging church for some Way some reason and I and this is what I wanted to You know really shine the Light on today is that uh, the, the Reason why it's getting in this Church is because it's socialistic Aspirations um, and social justice—that is why it's getting in into the church. And we don't understand how uh, our history throughout our nation and through the world has actually opened the door. Uh, some of some of the things that have happened—it's not just a one-time thing that all of a sudden is coming out of nowhere. This yeah. is something that has been coming. You know, since the 17th, 17th century, um, 18th century, uh, where the, the idea of philosophy, the emerging church goes back to these philosoph- philosophy teachers, um, yeah. reason, um, self-generation, uh, the, the ego, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, it goes with the philosophical mental health. Um, yeah,
1: psychology, that kind of psychology, thing.
2: psychology. Yes. Yeah. And then how our world is going from one way of emphasizing a subject to another. For example, modernism was a is a is a worldview and culture emphasizing science and technology. It has the belief that knowledge is good and certain and that there is a moral standard and an absolute that's that's modernism and in 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 our country or in the west it, it values individualism yeah individualism is not necessarily evil it just is it's just what the west is very individualistic when i did my master's we studied these two types of cultures there's there's individualistic societies, and then there's collective societies. And the collective Yeah, well, that society- was the word.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're saying that word, and astonishingly enough, the other night in the debate between uh, the Democrat and the Republican candidate, Gillum, the Democrat socialist, used the word "collective," which. Yes. Yeah. When he said that, I said, "That there's the buzzwords."
2: Yes. Yeah, so what they're doing is what they're trying to do is take this. Um, they've kind of redefined it because collective a collective society actually intertwines the politics, religion, and structure of the of everything they believe all together. Now, uh, <clears throat> when you go to another country, you have to understand that if you're going as a missionary, because you have to understand you need to go to the top people, you know, the, the tribal people, the tribal leaders, because if the tribal leader believes then everybody else will believe and follow along with them. So what they're trying to do in this socialism is trying to make it a collective view so that everybody has to believe the same thing. So it's a little yeah. bit different than just other cultures. It is actually other is a whole other way of looking at the world,
0: the yeah. different
2: philosophy they're bringing this philosophy, which is in Marxism, and bringing down any kind of individualistic um, embellishment. I, I, I think I've used the wrong word—not embellishment, but individualistic opinion or yeah.
1: um, or drive
2: to do your own thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so. So we are being
1: very successful with it. It's been, it's been very successful because you have probably half the country, maybe more than half the country that believe that they, you you have to believe how they believe and uh, otherwise you're hated and, and they want to kill you. But it's kind of like the same thing that we're going to experience in the church. And we probably are in some circles where, the the uh, if you don't go along with the false teachers and the way they're teaching yeah then they're they're going to hate you and persecute you and it's going to it's going to be bad for us uh, yes yes us you know?
2: <laughs> well yes and you know Jesus in a sense was individualistic in that he said follow me he didn't say follow this progressive way, collective way of doing things. He said, "Follow yeah. me." That's how yeah. one. That's, he didn't say, "Let's all try to agree and come up with a system that yeah. will work."
0: Yeah, that's all you know, try to agree. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, he, he didn't. He actually didn't agree, and so this. This is another thing that a lot of the emerging churches use. They actually vilify the The Pharisees, and say that those of us who have absolutes and who emphasize uh things that are have standard under- you know standard beliefs to or reasonable reason behind it are the Pharisees,
1: yeah rather
2: than so they've twisted words, and this is what they've done, and they are doing yeah. for example yeah,
1: very successful. So,
2: social justice for example uh, and social justice when i hear that when it goes through through my 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 mouth <laughs> i'm thinking oh no social justice i'm i'm like oh this is horrible however social justice was created was started um within the church <laughs> a body uh, the word was coined by uh so the church first to actually come up with answers and how to help the uh, social problems. Yeah. Within the context of biblical understanding of what it means to to um, help your your neighbor, <laughs> or how do you help your neighbor? For example, anyone. Like myself, because I work with domestic violence, and I'm a case manager at, at a domestic violence um, safe house. That is a social justice issue. Yeah. Uh, anybody who wants to stand for abortion, uh, for pro life against abortion, that's a social issue. Yeah. Uh, social. So that's what the term social justice came was first used for, how do we justly uh exercise of God's truth and mercy, grace and his justice, his righteousness in these issues. The church defines uh that well, a lot of the church, except for the liberal church, is defined uh Life starting at conception, yeah, uh, and so therefore, can, you know, an, a, ending a life in the womb is considered against God and against and murder. So that's what we define life as. Most of us, the liberal churches, do not any longer. No. But and that's where see the liberal church, the liberal theology started before the emerging church took off. The emerging church, it's the coined word that started this new, this what we thought was a new movement, which was really no move, new movement at all. It was taking the liberal theology and making it attractive to yeah. the rest of the church and then reaching, focusing on issues like social justice issues. So they took it, social justice issues. And they uh, ran with that, all the while redefining theology. That's what, you know, and Dan Kimball was saying, emerging and emergent is, emerging was to change methodology, and emergent was to change religious beliefs. Yeah. So, to change what that looked like. Yeah. And so and the reason they came up with the word emerging or emergent was because it li- they they said it literally means what's rising to the surface that's what emerging means what is a rising to the surface how does the church react to culture or po- the postmodern generations uh so they were trying they were saying this, let's have this rise to the surface instead of meeting it head on they actually started redefining things for the church, saying, "Well, maybe yeah. the church is 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 not being so nice." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. the comp-
0: <laughs> Yeah.
2: You know, the complaints uh, for the church w- was that you know we're too judgmental.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're too you
2: know in- inclusive exclusive.
1: Yeah, exclusive. Old-fashioned. You're too
0: old-fashioned.
1: Uh, well, well, the word of God is old-fashioned. It's old-fashioned. So. But they they forget, though, that y- you probably got saved the same way I did, was somebody shared Jesus Christ with you, and then you made a decision, and uh, nobody had to force you. I didn't have to go to a rock show and I didn't have to have smoke and lights and dancing girls and I didn't have to have people tell me just exactly the right words as far as like don't tell me don't talk about hell don't be judgmental they were judgmental they told me I was messed up and I was a sinner real christian people told me that well they gave me food for thought it didn't scare me away <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, what happened to the simple preaching of the gospel That's the way people are one To the Lord is By the simple preaching of the gospel and, and sharing the word with them Because God said his word doesn't return void So yeah, And how can somebody situation. come to
2: Christ If they don't know what they're doing wrong How can they yeah. repent If they yeah. are not judged first yeah. Now I I, you know, you know, hear this a lot that, you know, I don't want to judge. I, I'm not judgmental. I, you know, let's not judge. However, yeah. that's such that that is a lie. We all judge. Every yes, one of us of judges. And those of yeah. us who do say we don't are the worst judges of all. Yeah. The reason why that is is because I mean, have you ever heard somebody who said, "Hey, I'm not judgmental and I don't judge." And yet they Yet, once you start disagreeing with what they're saying, yeah, yeah, they oh, judge. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, those judgmental but all, things
2: come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and we all judge yeah. and we all should judge. The scriptures no, tell better. us we should, we, yeah, and Paul tells us we should judge, John tells yeah. us we should judge, Peter says we should judge. We need to yeah. know the difference between truth and error, right and wrong. Uh, what is and what is not we need to know if we if if we need to make a judgment if we can cross the street because you know if there's a car coming we don't judge that so what we need to do is we need to understand our own biases and then know how we're judging how well are we judging yeah you know are we judging rightly like the scriptures tell us to judge rightly jesus said do, there are two things you said we cannot do, and one of them is we cannot judge the intent of someone's heart, and we cannot judge without reason. In other words, you need to have reason to make judgment. Yeah. Um, and so, without reason, you just judge, and there's no reason, and there's no collaborating evidence to judge that person. You mean? You have to, and I say there's a lot to those in domestic violence because they, you know, are probably one of the least judgmental people because they don't want, they've been so coerced to, and I say that that that's how, how sometimes they get in that situation because they they are so empathetic. You know, they empathize so much with yeah. their abuser that, that um, they don't know how to judge rightly anymore. So, so they they blame themselves for judging. You know, for for yeah. incorrectly being in that situation. When we just have to teach them how to judge rightly. Yeah, we're supposed to we're we're supposed to judge. Let me tell you all the red flags. <laughs> Let me tell you yeah. what you can spot. You know, how you can judge it. And that's what the Bible tells us. And if we take that away and say that that is not an authoritative piece of, of uh, information that God has left to us, then what do we have left?
1: Human well, emotions. They, they, they no, they want you to be mindless. They don't want you to think for yourself. No, they don't want you to judge, and you hear that so many times from from people that call themselves Christians or probably so called Christians that they accuse you of being judgmental, but yeah, I better judge I better I better
2: yes so one of the th- one of the other complaints that came up was Christians are arrogant to think that they alone oh, have yeah, the only yeah. religion, yeah. That alone. And so it's not in the emergent church. It's not about um, being right. It's about being um, loving or kind loving. or whatever. Oh, and,
1: yes, yes, yes.
2: However, you know, we are <laughs> supposed to love. But we're supposed to love to the extent of the person that led me to Jesus loved me enough to tell me about a Jesus that I could actually reach. And that I didn't have to go to Mary through, you know, I didn't have yeah. to go through Mary to, to Jesus. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that this, that Jesus was someone I can just walk up to. You yeah. know, that I could, you know, so I get it. I get it. I get what the emerging church is trying to make it more attractive for people to come to Jesus. But that's not attraction. That is actually changing, changing, what it what the scriptures actually say. Um so what does an emerging church look like? Um uh, well it's kind of hard to pigeonhole them because it's it's just very difficult when you uh other than now you can but when I first started doing that uh, studying them um it was a friend of mine who said have you heard of the emerging church? And I go, oh no, I haven't heard of that. Let me look it up. And there is no books yeah. written on it. There is no information out on it. So I just started from scratch and find, finding the leaders. And then I started reading their material. And then I started, blah blah, you know. So, um, the from one of from one of those books, there is some things that they actually identified in themselves. And and um, there are six things. That i um, I I've, I've found uh, it said the first one is instead of one emerging model, there are hundreds and thousands of models of emerging churches, so they wanted to actually say, "You know what, we're not going to have the same thing everywhere, so you can have your own creativity, and so there's all these different models that you can follow. you know yeah. <laughs> Two, there is no one-size-fits-all way of doing things because you can't box in the emerging church. Yeah. So, however, I have began to really hate the word box. Don't put God in a box.
1: Oh, yeah, how, yeah, that's a famous one, yeah. How how, oh, how, how, how? Please, how do you put God in a box? How do you do that? Just explain it to me. Well, please.
2: they're just, they're saying, they're saying, don't put God in a box and I'm starting to hate that phrase you know why? It's because God actually put himself in his own box you know he said "Here, there are certain things he will not do there are certain things he will not use there are certain things he will not um, cross so he actually set set, um, limits to you know who he is Uh, He defined himself, and he created his own box of who he is.
0: Um,
2: It's unlike what the shack was saying. You know, um, God's not going to go down any road to reach you. In the shack, it said that God will go down any road to reach you. He will not do this. Um, For example, he will not speak through a satanic incantation to reveal the truth of God. When Saul visited... uh, the sorcerer median, median of Endor in 1 Samuel, uh, Sam, Samuel 28 eight eight through 20, he was not hearing from the Lord. God had abandoned him. So he went there not hearing from the Lord. The fact that the witch knew who he was was not an indication that she was a channel for God's truth, especially yeah. when revealed truth tells us not to seek out sorcerers and yeah. mediums. So, so, Um, He will not go down, even though in that issue, God crossed through that and judged Saul. That is not some way that God is going to reach us. We also know we also see this, that that God will not mix the satanic with the, the, the 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 truth. With the issue that we see with Paul and Silas when the when in Macedonia in, that the woman who was calling out that these men are from the true high the high true God, and she was possessed by a demon, and they they followed um Paul and Silas around for three days, and finally Paul turned around and cast the demon out of the woman and to get her to stop. She was not saying anything incorrect. She was saying, these are, these guys are of the the most high God. Listen to yeah. them. Okay. He was, God cannot and will not use that person because he does not want you to intermingle say, the satanic with the truth. He's, yeah. he, he separated himself from that by casting out that demon when Paul turned around through the Holy Spirit and cast the demon out of that woman because that city knew, that province knew that that person spoke through sorcer- sorcery. So they would attribute Paul and Silas to sorcery and not to the one true God. Yeah. God himself, himself in his own box. So when we talk about about boxes, You know, we think, oh, we don't want to be, you know, we've now turned it into we don't want to be judgmental about who God is. You know, and I'm the most creative person for evangelism. And I think he can work in any way that you allow him to use. But there are certain things he will not do. He will not bring someone back from the dead in an apparition to speak to you. That's something he will not do. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, so when people say they have the, appar- seen the appearances of Mary and yeah, have yeah. messages from Mary, that cannot speak from God. Because no. there is no biblical, nothing in the Bible that says he does this. Nothing. No. Other than the witch, the witch of Endor, which is actually a condemnation on Saul, not necessarily a uh, something that is used by God to... Speak a message that we should intermingle With even the sorcerer Herself said I'm not going to do this because You know This is not my territory So yeah. uh, <clears throat> So there are Certain things that he chooses not to use One of the biggest Things about the social Justice or social warrior or the Or the liberal theology What they're doing is they are Taking Our language taking words that we actually, that were actually positive and used to speak a message, they're taking those words and phrases and redefining them so that we cannot no longer speak of those anymore. Yeah. For example, example, the word fundamentalist, the word fundamentalist actually was created to fight. It was created out of um, uh, cr- you know they when we did the critical um criticism or the the we did reasoned um arguments against liberal theology yeah they took fundamentalism and they gave it an a negative emotional feeling and this is what's is happening in our country and this is why this is what's what what they're doing they're taking words that we use and changing the emotional definition connecting emotional with people changing the definition so that if we say something like you know Jesus loves you he doesn't want you to die and live eternally in hell they'll say that is cruel and bullying and unjust and yeah. horrible so they make it so that it looks negative in an emotional connection with people. In our country, we are emotional. We react emotionally. Uh, so so what we need to do is we need to take these words back. And we need to actually redefine them to what they're, they're, they were intended to mean. Yeah. Uh what is social justice from the point uh perspective, the biblical perspective? Uh how do we how do we define this in our perspective? One thing we know of, and this is so important for the church to understand is that the young generation who has nothing has had nothing but phones and electronics and stuff to actually interact with people one thing these young people want is mentorship they want to be mentored they are hungry to be mentored and if you cannot take the language that they are actually using and define it properly to what it you know what it really intended to mean was this. Then we will never reach them because now they're saying they're saying you know these movements are saying that they own this and they own that, and I think that's why the attraction of of Trump, honestly, is because he's just taking taking uh, these words and whatever they're slinging at him and saying, well, you can define it that way, but that's stupid, you know. Uh, You can say this, that's stupid. And so people are hungry for being able to say what they mean without being uh, told that they cannot. The political correctness um, that has really ruined our culture and our society and the church. Actually, we let that happen because, you know, we don't want. Anybody to feel bad. We don't want people to hate us or just like us. And so then we get this vacuum of of these other movements that are stealing all of our people, that are taking our ability to to have a voice. So I've been I've been in a lot of arguments taking back words that that uh, people have used. In a negative way, and I'm redefining them for pe- for for my audience of of people. So, um, and the yeah. the the arguments today are not getting any easier; they're getting harder.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah, it's getting harder to uh, try to reach people because
0: the
1: the devil's been very successful at his uh, at his campaign of deceiving people, and uh, it, it's amazing really how fast it, it's happened because maybe 10 years ago, if you would have said a socialist is running for political office, people would never buy it. And a lot, of, a lot of the people with communist socialist ideas, they kept them to themselves until they got elected, and then they would come out of the closet, so to speak. But now they tell you outright now who they are and well, yeah, uh, the what they believe. Years,
2: it's real, I think it's been forced upon them to tell them who they are and they don't care. You know, yeah. uh, they've been, they've been more coercive. I see their behavior as I see an abuser with a lot of the survivors of domestic violence that I work with. I see, I see those, On the the left, the social justice side, using a lot of the same tactics a narcissist and a believer, uh, an abuser would use, and all the while accusing the church or accusing the other party or the other person as as doing the very thing that they themselves are doing, like narcissism. Uh, using those terms and slinging it back at them—that's exactly what an abuser does to their victim. You know, if if you can go through the, the power and control world I work with, you know, I can I can say in this system today of the social justice warriors that there—that's out there—they're uh, using the tactics of of the of an abusive person uh, and. Uh, one thing that I say that I hear a lot of survivors say is that um, the abusers say, say that that I am the reason why they are acting the way they are acting.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I had, oh. some, you know, I had, you know, in one story, you know, um, some a person, she said, I was thrown against the wall. He threw me against the wall and then uh, made a hole in the wall. And then he he blamed me for the hole in the wall because it was my body that hit it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. This is what is happening with uh, this Marxist socialistic, uh, uh, very aggressive, uh, you know, outset of, you know, I don't know how the emerging church leaders are acting now. They're supposed to be nice and everything, you know, they're supposed to have love and unity and, and kumbaya, but that's not happening.
1: Yeah. But you know? even it, so but they say that, but if you, if, if you were having a one and a one-on-one with them, or if you would challenge them to a public debate, well, you would see, how the, yeah, you see how loving and kind they would be. Yeah. You would see the real them. Right,
2: right, and and yeah, I saw that with, with some uh, Mormon apologists. I thought they were very nice people, really, until I I had a debate with them, and they yeah. were so mean. <laughs> they oh were yeah, just, whoa. I never thought they could be that mean. And, yeah. you know, and that cheering you down, you know, for for what you believed and and felt justified in doing so. Yeah. Uh, the the false teaching site I have, there are some Christians I've had to ban from my group because uh, they were using tactics that were unbecoming of a Christian, even in debate. So yeah. they were so so you can debate things and sound reasonable and logical and uh, get the truth across without throwing in the emotion and an attack. You can attack yeah. without uh, hurting people. You can, in what I call it, is is an offensive argument. You take the offense and not the defense. You go with an answer and not with an emotional reaction.
0: Yeah, this is, or a this, personal this is attack.
2: What, or a personal attack. You know, I'm I'm personally attacked a lot.
1: Yeah, What I'm saying Um, is when when you're when in in your debate, you don't have to use the personal attack tactic that they use. They they use a personal attack when we're not using our own words. We're using what the Bible says. That's not what we didn't write the Bible. So we don't have to make an excuse for the truth um, and we don't have to uh, attack people personally we can attack what they believe and uh usually that's the We can the way have a reasoned argument. Yeah. yeah. We
2: can have a reasoned argument. And yeah. that's and that's what we need. We need to be able to argue reasonably. Uh, and I have found that because I study these things and these arguments, I can actually speak to them. You know, I can actually yeah. argue them. Uh, argue with reason because I understand where they're coming from.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I actually had a I had a Catholic a debate with a Roman Catholic who was talking. We're talk, He was talking about sola scriptura. That was his argument, and he loved yeah. arguing that particular. He loved arguing that with those who are you know either in Protestantism or or some other ism. And he had, like, six shows before I came on. And um, one thing I did is I, I I blocked anything he could see about me personally so that he yeah. could study me. He, he could go on my site and study, you know, some of my beliefs. He he found me, actually, on my false t- teaching uh, apologetic group. He found me there. And then I went and I studied him. I studied I listened to every single show. I actually found the argument that he was, um, you know, how he argued. I I took his talking points. I took everything that he was saying that he kept arguing over and over again, and I went and I found a reasoned answer for it. He had no idea that I was a former Catholic, uh, that I was fully initiated into the Catholic Church. And that I'd left on a reasoned argument. Um, I w- had a Luther moment without even knowing yeah. who Luther was. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> so he yeah. had no idea about that. So that argument that I had with him, uh, it actually sent him into an em- uh, an emotional turmoil, that particular art and I didn't mean to do that not during the debate but afterward he, 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 he like imploded and that's what we're seeing here is because when you fight that we're seeing here in our nation I have never seen in my political life so many different attacks from all different sides and uh, it being that evil and that emotionally charged
1: so yeah.
2: um in the public venue. And Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: And you know what? It's not that we shouldn't debate them. I think the fact that and I'm I'm using Trump no matter what you what side you're on uh, if you're for Trump or not, but I use him because he is actually willing to sling it right back, you know? Yeah. And as a ch- as a church, we need to not cower with these these uh Places like the emerging church, we need we need to actually understand what this is so that we can um, have a reasoned argument to fight fight uh, for the truth.
1: Um, well, it's very popular. These these emergent churches are very popular. They're big. Uh, they have their coffee shops. They have their dancing and their crazy music and whatever and it's all a feel good moment because even uh, Joel Osteen and I would consider him more along that line of emergent emerging church where his mother said Dodie Osteen she said no we never talk about hell we never mention hell at church we don't want people to feel uncomfortable
2: yes right Yeah. Yes, and, and that is that is our problem is we don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Um, so, and we need to be able to fight fight back on this. Uh, so, one one thing I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, in light of this social justice, you know, can, uh, from a Christian's perspective, we need to be able to define what justice is. And we need to be be able to find the social justice that's the problem is that the problem comes from the word justice and that's where emerging churches have you know have leaders have a hard time understanding and and what they're redefining because the justice of God is that we are sin. We have sinned. We need to be saved from our sin. Emerging church leaders say, well, that's a that's that's a terrible God that would allow us to have sin for one, and then to <laughs> send his own son to torture him for us. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, there was a time I was studying it so much when I saw the cross and the bloody cross, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is gross. You know, that, that is yeah, like, oh, yeah. That is offensive. You, That's really yeah, offensive. Yeah, well, even you the know?
1: hell thing. When you hear, uh, like, you hear Carlton Pearson or some of them, and the way they talk about hell and you know, God would never send anybody to hell, and you say, "Well, yeah, it's a good argument because, yeah, it's awful. It's it's awful to think about that. But then again, God says His ways are not uh, our ways are not His ways." And so we don't understand the mind of God. We, we see through a glass darkly. We only, we, have, we only see a little bit. We don't understand. And, and uh, of course, we accept it by faith because we believe what the Bible says. But to try to figure it all out and to try to understand it, you're never going to understand it completely until we get to heaven because we're not God. We don't. He he says what? It, doesn't he say in one place that he's a great and terrible God? Yeah. And I don't want to know yeah. that God. I don't want. I I have a fear of God, and I I feel that fear. I I uh, yeah. I'm afraid of hell. I don't want to go there. I know it's real. I know it's real. God doesn't lie. But he, but when we're born again, we have that fear of God, and we have that knowing of hell. We know it's real. We know there's a devil. We know there's good and evil. Our eyes have been opened, so we see the truth where these other people, they don't see it. So, yeah, like you said, you can, you know, you say, oh, it is. It is like that, but they don't understand God, right?
2: But our, you know, if we look at the world, there's so much we can learn about who God is, and that's why you said in Romans that you are you are without you are without um you you know your senses. You you can know that there is a God just by looking at the world around you. Even in this thing that you just said about justice, we fear those who have the power to lock us up forever in prison
1: yeah yeah
2: we we fear you know the the ability of someone in power who can actually destroy us should we let some dictator get in charge like i do not want to be under islamic rule cuz guess what i will be beheaded yeah you see? so so these kinds of there are justices. God's character is actually in how we even uh, we we have society. We form societies, you know, because there are there are the the police, you know, those who will act on uh, those things that are happening in society that are not right. We have laws that that pertain to whether somebody is doing something wrong or right uh so even in that reflects God's character yeah uh of of his of his justice and that he actually is one who will not he will not allow um, these things that he has stated that are uh, that are um his moral absolutes to go without consequences he will bring those consequences and one of those is hell and and so when you talk about that you can also help people to see that by looking at their own society if somebody comes and rapes your daughter don't you want justice and if you don't believe in eternal life, you know, if you're in prison for the rest of your life, that's hell, wouldn't you say? That's, that's a mind, you know, that's not even close to what it would be like in hell, the real hell. But it's still, you know, you're locked up forever. You don't have your own right. Yeah, in a, yeah,
1: in a cage, basically. So yeah, yeah, definitely. There's all there's there's things you go through in life, and I think that our trials, even now, they're different. People can attack you in different ways, and you see lawless—you see lawlessness all around you, really. It, it's so pre, uh, prevalent, and the Bible talks about the spirit of rebellion, which is witchcraft, and we see it in abundance. This rebellious nature, where don't tell me what to do, and and I'm and I can do whatever I want, and how the the truth is being twisted and right is wrong and wrong is right and it 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 it's the craziest thing that's happening in these days that we're living in so we have to be careful and we have to really try to prepare ourselves for the traps of the enemy how the enemy wants to trap us and <laughs> i've seen it more and more in my own life lately How uh, Mm -hmm. how sneaky the devil is and how uh, he'll use people, even people in authority uh, because of this rebellious nature in people where they refuse to do the right thing. Well, you can't force people to do the right thing. You can't force them. But of course, when we're born again, God says he writes his law in our hearts. So we have that in in us to know right and wrong. Well, and we should. And we should know right and wrong, but yet people in the world know. Well, the Bible says that they'll they'll kill us and they'll think that they're doing a good thing. Yes. And, and, and we're seeing so what, that.
2: what is interest yeah, and what of the interesting things about the emerging church is that they do not believe in the second coming of Jesus for mo- for the most part. Yeah. They believe they believe that uh, that it's the king they're more of the kingdom now uh, theology they take on that that they're supposed to create this utopia uh, yeah. which actually falls right into the Islamic socialistic political social political uh, religious uh, organization of belief and so what is what I see coming to us Or a channel near you Is that we are going If we do not uh, Start reaching People who are Into this kind of philosophy uh, With the truth Of Christ and Biblical truth and if we do not understand Biblical truth Islam is going To come in and take us Because they're going to find a gap And they're going to come in and they're going to wipe us Out Uh, So because they are they have what I would consider in scripture a form of godliness without power. Sounds yeah. kinda of funny when you talk about Islam. But it but it what kind of power they have is forced physical uh abuse yeah. of power.
1: Yeah, forced and physical it, abuse not, of power. It's
2: not it's not the Holy Spirit to convict to convict a soul and to come to the knowledge of Christ and to transform your society based on what you, that God has given you, can give to, you know, you can impact your world, you can impact your society, you can uh, share the gospel. Without the gospel, there is no social justice. There is no. <laughs> it, it, Without the gospel, there is it, the social justice movement is impotent. If we do not... Actually, reach out with social justice with some of the complaints of the emerging church. Uh, we are actually, in, you know, just having a half gospel where it's just salvation and no answers to those their, those pains in life and those ills in life. We are we are to recon, be reconciled as our ministry of reconciliation yeah, to reconcile ourselves to God, where He reconciled Himself to us. And also reconciling with man, that does not mean that we are to uh, come into a socialistic ideology where everybody agrees and we have this utopia kingdom. This is exactly what Marxism tried to do. We see how this has failed. This is exactly what the emerging church is trying to do and trying to get churches on board to to get uh involved in in this movement now and i said that they don't believe in the prophecy so if they don't believe in prophecy and jesus coming again they're not going to be aware that act- what is actually going on like Je- jesus told us that in these days we are to watch and pray watch and pray yeah we are not to predict we are to watch and pray and do the work of the kingdom, which is sharing Christ with others that and and in that way they will be transformed, and then you got you come together as the church to transform the issues within the society like I am doing, and you know I'm reaching a lot of people with what I'm doing and so in both ways uh so it's very important that uh, we take take uh, the issues of our day and try to seek how we can biblically engage them. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, you use it, it's a big job. It's
1: a big job. You know, we need more foot yeah. soldiers because people like us, and of course, there's many fine Christians, but yet it, it's dwindling. Our numbers are dwindling because there's more of them than there are of us at this point.
2: Well, that's how the church started. <laughs> there was more of yeah. them.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: A, You know, uh, Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So, and it that's hasn't true. yet. And Two thousand years.
1: There's something. Hasn't yet,
2: yeah, I, I want to leave with the listeners. There's something that uh, we miss a lot of times in Scripture, um, where it says, "How do you know the spirit of truth and error?" In First John. Yeah. First John says, "Those who who actually profess that Jesus came in the flesh, you will know that that it, you know the difference between." Truth and error But there is another thing that it says A few verses down um, It says And uh, We are from God Those who listen to us Will will um, Be the ones to follow The truth So they don't say it like that I'm paraphrasing But First um, yeah. John chapter 4 6 is uh, One about Jesus Being you know, coming in the flesh. People stop there and say, well, yeah, I claim that Jesus came in the flesh. That's not that's not the key passage that we're missing right now. It is, and they will listen to us. Who is us? The apostles. The witness of the apostles, which wrote the scriptures. They wrote yeah. the scriptures. And that is our revelation, is the scriptures themselves. If you listen to us, and if they listen to us, then they are. Then you can know the difference between truth and error. So they were establishing there that the fundamental truths found in scripture are what we need to go after, and we need to use in our defense.
1: Yeah. Well, help help us, Lord. That's it. Help us, Lord, to stay strong in these days, because I've never I've never seen. Uh, Days like this in my life and especially in my Christian life, the days we're in and and the vicious attacks against God's people um, and different kind of attacks that are beyond people's imagination, really, how uh, the devil uses people. But uh, we have to stay strong and fellowship with people that are like minded, have that. Um, uh, I was thinking today, I said, I don't know how long I'm going to have be on Facebook because I don't even like Facebook as far as I love the fellowship that I have on Facebook. But I don't like what they're doing to people, um, trying to uh, tell people what they can say, what they can't say, what picture they could post and this kind of thing. So I don't know how long I'm even going to be there to support that kind of thing because I don't like it. I myself was was uh censored on YouTube uh and they want to uh censor you. They want to take your words and see if there's certain words that you're saying that they don't like and then they're going going to uh persecute you that way. So it, it's it's a strange time that we're in. And so I don't know how my, how long these platforms are going to be open to us, but as long as they're open to us, we'll, we'll use them. And then uh, they won't be available. But are your programs still available um, on Blog Talk Radio?
2: Yes, they are still available. I had quite a few.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that would I be just great. Haven't
2: had, yeah, they're still available. Uh, they're in archives. But there is okay. there's so a lot out of the shows. So as the day approaches,
1: there. if they want to go and listen to your yeah. If they want to go like and to your um, program,
2: yes, I really, I really need to get a YouTube channel out and try to do a lot of my shows and put it to uh, visual, so that that yeah. would be really cool.
1: Yeah, um, it would. Uh,
2: so, you get you get yeah. a good,
1: you get a good um, uh, listenership on YouTube for as long as they'll let us be there. I don't know. Like uh, like I was saying, I was censored by YouTube for a video. Jan Crouch has a stroke. I don't know what they could possibly censor about that, but uh, they wanted to put it through a manual review where they have people listening to it, and and uh, it it was just ridiculous. So <laughs> you know, right, uh, right. Well, I remember anyway, that when
2: that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's ridiculous, but. What about your, um, so they can go on Blog Talk Radio as the day approaches, and then also yes. now you you have a public Facebook page? I have two, group.
2: actually. Uh, well, I've, well, I have my, my own personal Facebook page, but I have actually two uh, pages. I have an As the Day Approaches Facebook group. Uh, which is prophecy. It talks about prophecy, uh, news. I put a lot of the news stuff that's going on on there and people can talk about that. Uh, and then I have a separate group called false teachings, identifying them. And that is the apologetics group that I do. Um,
1: and, and that's on so Facebook.
2: both of them are on Facebook, and I do oh, that's good. do them interchangeably. Lately, yeah, I've been well, that
1: keeps you posting that more on as-a-day
2: approaches. Huh?
1: That keeps you busy, I, having been... those Facebook groups. I can barely some days just post anything, never mind having groups. That keeps you very busy, but it's a good witnessing yeah. tool, you know.
2: Yeah, I've been putting more on the as the day approaches lately because of... Uh, of everything that's going on than I have been yeah. on false teachings. Because for me, false teachings, when I get into a debate and I want to debate something, oh, I can spend hours doing it. So, And I don't have yeah. hours to, to give it sometimes. I know, you do,
1: you do. The, the People don't realize it sometimes, but to do research, it takes hours. And then, like you said, to debate, it, it does take a lot of time. So you really have to be able to devote yeah. Uh, full-time like when people say well you know you're in full-time ministry well sometimes you are in full-time ministry when you're Ah, studying and preparing and that and then other times you you can't take as many hours as you could uh, you know if you have other things to do which a lot of people do in life you have families and whatever anyway Brenda I want to thank you so much that was a great program I learned so much myself it was just really terrific and uh, I want to have you back again more often because it, you it yes. just that was wonderful, really. I think people really learned a lot today and they could see the signs of the times and the times we're living in, and how all, all of this is coming together and it's also relevant, really, for the body of Christ. But okay, yes. then, so we'll be talking soon, all right.
2: Okay, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity today. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. To to just wonderful program. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that's our program for today. And that was just, I would encourage you to really, really listen to this program again if you can. And try to take it all in, but let it be an encouragement. Let's be, let's encourage ourselves in the Lord today because all of us need it. We're all going through things and sometimes life just, you know, throws your curveball. Things could be going smooth and then all of a sudden, boom, you're hit with something that, you know, you can't even believe is real, but God is with us. God loves us. We know he loves us. And no matter what happens to us in this life, we win, we win we win. And uh, we go to heaven. We, we, uh, We have our faith. We have the prince of peace in our life. So no matter what you're going through today or what somebody else is trying to do to you or to your life, we win. We win. So we stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and we carry on. And the most important thing today is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him into your life? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Because the Bible says we've all sinned and come and uh, fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. There's none righteous. No, not one. The Bible says there was only one person that ever walked the earth. And that was Jesus Christ. He was the sinless one who laid down his life for you. So you could have eternal life. And maybe people say, well, yeah, that is old fashioned, you know, somebody laying down their life. Well, he did it. He did it. And he did it for us so that we could have peace. We could have joy. There's no, there's no peace in this life without the Prince of Peace. And people could stand on their head and they could do their yoga and they could do their chanting and whatever. They're not going to find peace. You're just not going to find it. You're not going to find joy. You're not going to find real love because God is love. That's the only way you get real love is from God. Because human beings, they're going to let you down. But Jesus Christ came from heaven, He came down from heaven. He was born of a virgin. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And he sits at the right hand of the father. And no matter what happens in this world, he's coming back. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So no matter what's going on in the political realm or around your neighborhood or in your family, Jesus Christ is Lord and he's coming again. So give your life to Jesus today. Let him have your life and watch what he does. Watch what he does. Watch how he opens up your eyes because it's like the song says, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And he can do that for you. God bless you.
0: No sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city it lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to the city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. In heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there. I'm going to a city, it lies four square. The gates are made of jasper, and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to a city, and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there. And someday I'll be in heaven. And there'll be no sorrow there.
1: Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice
0: is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.